was like, oh, is that done? You know, is, is that like is that like an overdone topic? And then they announced the release of the uh, SNES Classic, and I was like, well, even if we only talk about it for 20 seconds, I want to talk about that. Okay. And then, uh, and then I was also just thinking about the problem that I've got at the moment is is um, is like a creative outlet, okay. like um, um, I don't know. It's weird. It's like you 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 find yourself uh, having different goals at different stages of your life. You know, like you get out of uni and you kind of want a job. You know, and then you've got your job and you've got that all settled down. Mm-hmm. And then you think to yourself, like, okay, well, and I mean, I certainly did when, you know, I was like, well, you know, now I want a girlfriend or like to be seeing someone or whatever else. And now I'm at that point and, and it's kind of like, okay, this is great. Now I need my next thing. And that is to find, I don't know, the next, the next kind of, uh, I don't know the next kind of goal after that, which which for me certainly is to do something a bit more creative, you know, a bit more, um, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky one because obviously I've just mentioned uh, getting a girlfriend, so like I don't want to say words like more interesting or anything like that. But obviously, like uh, uh, you know, the next the next kind of step in their own on, on your own like personal journey i guess you know to like to like figure out what you want to do next you know what yeah. what you want to focus on next because i think certainly for me and things like especially with work um you you just get to a point where you're like <laughs> having me here is like uh, you know it'd be hard to sync up the sync up the voice because my mouth tends to move very rapidly for compared to your voice. <laughs> yeah. and compared to my brain as well yeah like like I will literally just spew uh, words and hope that they form a sentence well that's, that's essentially what I do in the podcast oh good I'm glad we're on the I same mean, wavelength this, this, is, this is how we'll approach it I'll tell you what we'll do a we'll do a brief introduction I'll start with the, the question. I mean, you, we've already kind of been chatting. Yeah. And I'll put that before the sound effects for the intro. Do you have cool sound effects? I've got an intro. I, actually, I've got an intro I saw... Tune, I? Oh, yeah. I think. I saw... Yeah, because I, um, I watched the start of... I think it was the last mm. one with Charlotte. Mm. And I watched um, some of Jack's one as well. I need to catch up on the others. Um, but yeah, you have, got, you have got that thing right at the very, very little, start. A little yeah. clipping and then it ends on it just so it's kind of... Yeah. But I'll start with the question which I've, I seem to ask everyone, which I noticed the other cool. day when I was doing it. It was, how long have we known each other? Mm. Jeez, that's a great question. Uh, six, five, six years? Six Maybe, years? Is it like six years? I think so. I still, I think I still equate it as like three. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do but as well. In a way, like it's weird because I equate the three years with you completely differently because usually someone says three years and you think that's uni. Yeah. Like, you did uni yeah. and that was your three years. But we obviously didn't know each other in uni. We met through Jack. Yeah. Who I met at HMV. Really? Was that the connection? Yeah, I met Jack when we, we both started as temps at HMV at Christmas. And then I randomly came to yours and George and Jack's flat. And we played something or other and had pizza. And I remembered that I didn't pay for anyone for pizza that day. <laughs> yeah, we were very we generous back then. Yeah. <laughs> 
for years. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, then, you clearly have a better memory of that than I do, because like I just keep thinking back to I, I, in my mind, our, our friendship goes back to uni, but clearly it must be like. So it must be like five years then, because me and Jack moved to Lincoln. Uh, the the year following uni, so it would have been twenty twelve. Right. And then Jack got the HMV job that year, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it's got to be like five years. Jeez. Isn't I find it interesting because I find it varies, like how, in a way, I interact with a guest. Yeah. It's like obviously I haven't known Charlotte though very long at all. Yeah. I've known Dan longer than I've known you and Jack. Mm. And it's it, whereas but like me and Jack obviously we just chatted. Because that was what we were doing daily. Uh, yeah, yeah. Before obviously moved away. So yeah, so I find it like an interesting start point. Yeah, I people. think so. Did Jack do the coffee thing? Did he drink coffee? Jack could drink coffee. Oh my, I gave him a coffee. I've never known Jack to drink <laughs> coffee at all. I think he felt maybe he felt obligated. Maybe he yeah he. He's too polite. He is too polite. Yeah, like oh. Um, whereas I will happily just come on and bring a beer. And yeah, I mean if I I drank if, beer through one of these. Oh, right, okay. Not not like a guest one, through some like the individual ones. Okay. I, I've been, you know, after doing a podcast, because that's what you do. Yeah, I mean, well... Get drunk and ramble. That's, well, that's, that was my thinking as well, because, like, I tend to produce the best um, verbal diarrhoea when, uh, you know, when I've had a couple of... Beep. Couple of beeps. It's just my favourite beep. It's kind of like when I get better at playing pool when I've had two ciders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, exactly. I'm terrible at pool. Yeah. If I had two ciders, I'm amazing at pool. But then, like, I find with pool is that you hit that sweet spot uh, because you have like two beers or two ciders or whatever, yeah. and then if you keep having them, then you rapidly get worse. Get worse. Yeah. yeah. So you need to kind of maintain that level. Um, the problem I have is that when I reach that level, my ego just goes like, because I'm like, yeah, suddenly I'm great at pool. And then because because I'm so proud of myself, my skill level rapidly deteriorates because, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't. it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a fear of being good at something. Uh, See, that's what I find interesting, because the more drunk I get, the more insecure I get. <laughs> like, the further drunk I get, the more I kind of sit there and go like, yeah, I'm going to suck at this. I'm more vocal about how much I suck. Yeah. But... Like, especially with pool. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. And then I'll make the shot. And then I'll be like, in my head, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Make that shot. But <laughs> outside, I'm like, nah, I'm terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm very similar in that way. Like, I will, uh, I'll approach a shot and I'll be like, and I'll be like, I'll be really confident about it. I'll be like, are you ready for this? Like, I, well, I suppose not, not overly similar, but I'll be overly confident. Yeah. But in a kind of, I guess ironic way uh, because I, I'll, I'll just be like are you ready for this guys you know you ready for this trick shot and then I'll just like hit it in a ridiculous fashion yeah. um, and sometimes it works out really well and, and people are like oh my god so I, I think I mean I remember I was playing pool with uh, some of my relatives uh, a while back we were at like a family gathering yeah. and I was doing this trick shot palaver thing I was a couple of beers deep and uh, and I think it got to the point where they couldn't actually figure out if I was a like a pool <laughs> grandmaster or if I was actually completely and utterly awful. That's great. I, I mean, I will happily admit now that it that I am awful at pool. Like, there's no grandmastery there. It's on tape now. But uh, but yeah, you know, the power of alcohol to uh, to improve your pool game is is a known phenomenon. I think that's true universally. Yeah, I, I imagine there's so. lots of games. It's the same with bowling as well. Um, I, I, I oh, get, definitely. Yeah, I get so much worse at bowling. 
but also that's potentially a lot more dangerous than pool as well. Like, yeah, I think you've got to find that balance. I think it's it's more dangerous if you're doing something because it's that it's that classic. Uh, you have a barbecue, you have a few beers, everyone's had a few wines. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, you're football. mixing. Yeah, I will play rugby. And they're like, yeah, we'll do, well, that'll be great. And then someone breaks an ankle. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> like, that's it. That's maybe, it. Maybe drunk sports is not the way for You need something with a board or um, a table. Yeah. Speaking of which, I've been listening to um, loads to uh, the Harmontown podcast. Mm. Um, I, I assume you've probably listened to I've it. a few of them. Um, for a person who makes podcasts, I listen to very few podcasts. Like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I think it's good because you, well, I you know, supposedly whatever you come up with is then original to you, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure someone else has done it, but you'll never know yeah. about it. Yeah, I don't know. I've had had many like recommended to me, and Hamza was one which I picked up and like listened to. I thought about doing it when I was listening to uh, Mark Maron's WTF podcast. Yeah, I like Mark Maron. Which I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. and I started watching the series for that, but I stopped listening to the podcasts. Because I was watching the series. Oh, yeah. For some reason in my head, I was just like, they don't connect. So don't. <laughs> and I started doing this. It's like, there's a lot of, I don't know. It's weird how we do that to ourselves, isn't it? We, we just like, I oh, know, well, I've replaced it with this, which is exactly the same thing. But, uh, you know. Did you see, um, did you happen to see Glow on Netflix? I've seen the trailer for Glow. Okay. Because I haven't watched it. Me and, me and Kelly binged that in uh, a night. I think we started it at about 8, 8 p.m. Right. and finished it about half one in the morning something like that and uh, well the reason I bring it up is because Mark Maron's in it yeah. um, and he does a really good job in it but also that show is just great yeah. like yeah like um, I don't know it just you know it, it, it tickled my emotion you yeah. know it tugged on my heartstrings a little bit I think it's because I have a secret love for Alison Brie which is that's a secret I think most people <laughs> <Alison> <laughs> yeah <laughs> It'd be more secret if you said I have a secret love for Mark Maron, and well, I, I do. I do more now. Surprising in the situation. I, I do now for him. Like I, I didn't realize it until the first episode of Glow, and then I was like, "Well, oh, shit." Something about that mustache. Yeah, oh, man, it's fucking glorious. Jesus Christ. He's like PI. He yeah, and and I, I, I wish I could pull it off as well. Like it's I like, wish I was that cool. Have you watched uh, The Ranch? No. Okay. That's surprisingly good. What is it? It's basically Ashton Kutcher and the guy who played. Uh, Hide in that seventy show, being brothers on a ranch. How old is this? No, this is recent. This is this is a new a new thing. This is like season three, and okay. the guy who plays their dad is the cowboy from Big Lebowski. Oh, um, I wish I could tell you. Yeah, his I name. can't remember his name. Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Elliott. Yeah. Sam Elliott. Well, I brought up mustaches, so I instantly went to... But that is I, I mean, and, and, and rightly so as well, because he is the most glorious mustache I've oh, ever yeah. seen on any human being. Yeah. Um, if I was chasing an older man, <laughs> Sam Elliott... He would be the one. He would be the one. Yeah. Um, but I've never heard of that show. And it's on Netflix. Is it? It's advertised loads on Netflix. Oh, man, what have I been doing? Maybe you're not... Maybe you've, I've been watching the wrong things. Maybe my advertising's different to Yeah, Maybe. Maybe. Maybe directed advertising actually works. Right. I, f- I find I find um, uh, advertising really weird now because you, uh, like for instance, I have been going on about wanting to get a Switch mm-hmm. and wanting to get uh, Zelda for quite a while to Kelly now, but I'm playing Witcher three. Got to get to the end of it again because yeah. you know 
you can't just leave it sitting there. It's glorious. And I haven't done Blood and Wine yet, so... Um, but without doing anything on my phone or, or searching for it in any way, you still find yourself on Facebook or, uh, you know, on whatever website, and there's immediately a Zelda uh, thing there, and it's like, how much are you listening to me right now? I find it strange. Uh, the, the one for me which gets me is, obviously, I do a bit of online advertising mm-hmm. for, like, T-shirts and posters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had my own T-shirts advertisement to me the other day when I was signed out of Facebook. Because I put one up on Redbubble, and then the Redbubble like featured post came up because I have a t-shirt interest, so it's like shows your t-shirt websites, mm. and then it shows you a sample of things from the Redbubble site, and it showed me my own product on one of the sample images, and I was like, "That's really that's weird. weird. That must <laughs> feel like it, it must feel really strange. Like oh, for yeah. a split second, you just it's think like, Has someone stolen my thing. Yeah, it, you kind of like." Is this stealing my thing? Have I been promoted? Yeah. <laughs> is someone featuring me? And then you realise, no, it's just like a generic grab of random images, which are based on your cookies. Yeah, and Because yeah. I've been to the Red Bull site and been on that product in the past. It's freaky though, sure. isn't it? Yeah. Like, like, there's a part of me that quite enjoys it. But then also there's a part of me that um, thinks that, you know, if I go online and I happen to see a, a Facebook advert for Slinkies... Uh, because I mentioned Slinkies a few days back in a conversation in real life, or whatever. Like that, like like that. That is the stage we're at now. Like, like it, it, and it, it, to an extent, it freaks me out. But also, to an extent, I'm like, well, you know, what? I was thinking about Slinkies, so maybe yeah. I should purchase one. It's um, kind of like having <clears throat> like a, a virtual notepad, which you never have to write down your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, we were chatting about Slinkies, and then two days later, you would have forgotten about that conversation. Yeah, you would have completely abandoned it. You'd never buy a Slinky in your life. It was an impulse purchase, mm. and then it brings it back. And for a glimpsing moment, you're like, shit, I was meant to buy a Slinky. Exactly. The internet never forgets. It does not. But yeah, it's it's it, it's a really strange um, it's a really strange world we live in. Um, where that can happen and I mean it's kind of cool you know it's kind of sci-fi yeah um, you yeah, know. the problem with it being kind of sci-fi though is that most sci-fis end in tragedy they do yeah did you see um, Ex Machina no it was on my list oh man that, that is probably one of the I guess purest sci-fi uh, movies I've seen in quite a long time maybe since um, oh shit what was it called it's got a uh, Tom Hilston in. Uh, it's based on those books. Uh, where they're in, uh, High Rise. Did you oh, see yeah. High Rise? No, again, on my list. Oh, no, man. Oh, yeah, catch up. <laughs> my list is extensive. <laughs> yeah, <you can> imagine. <laughs> Universal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I totally recommend it. You know, I won't, I won't delve into it too much more because... Uh, but I will just say that, you know, when I came out of it, I was like, the only genre I can associate this film with is sci-fi. Yeah. You know, there is... there. It's, it's <clears> interesting because... With movies nowadays, you you look at them and you can pluck out a few genres from the same movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh, it's a comedy, but also it's romance. Uh, you know, there's a bit of action in there, whatever. Um, but that is a film where I watched it and I just thought to myself, this is literally just sci-fi, yeah. and it's great. Like it's so pure uh, in its writing and kind of its I don't know morality. I guess you know, yeah, it's good. I've been thinking about like writing, yeah. Bits recently, yeah. Because I, I had an idea for like a graphic novel <clears throat> a while back, and I wrote a script for it, mm. like full script, not detail flashed, but 
enough from start to finish with the arc. And then I've been debating whether that's actually worth doing because of whether I've got the, the, the skill to pull it off kind of thing. That thing where you like start self-doubting yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. I realised that it's been two years since I wrote that script. And was like, hmm, I don't really do anything with it. So then I started working into like a short story. Okay, cool. And kind of pushing it down like that. But it, again, it was kind of just you saying that was... I remember back when we first met and all we would talk about was scripts. And back in the day, yeah. Writing scripts and doing scripts. <laughs> and how many of them did we do well you guys you, you and Matt did quite a few yeah yeah um, me and Jack did absolutely fuck all uh, yeah we're not very good <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the sweet way because it it's a strange thing like really out of like the people I know who I did my degree with because obviously we did very we did different degrees yeah but with the same kind of tilt to them didn't we yeah so yeah. was fine art and yeah. yours was uh, media production and then, like, yeah, I know very few people who've gone down that line. Down the media Yeah, line. who were in the media line. Like, Matt's one of them. Yeah, yeah. George. And George. Yeah. And, like... I, I, I think it's because, especially with our kind of generation, is that uh, a lot of people... I don't know, it's, it's, like, it's like Jack, for instance, our favourite human being, is... Uh, I fucking love Jack. I it's wish, you, I wish you'd come back from Edinburgh. Jack. Yeah, just... Jack, come back to yeah, come back come, to Lincoln. Come see us. Um, um, but it's it's that kind of it's it's the dream of creating something, and I know that I have that as well. Where it's mm. the it's the dream of creating something yourself and doing it for like a tiny budget, yeah. and it making millions. You know, it's the Kevin Smith, yeah, uh, the Kevin yeah. Smith dream. You know, it's it's making Clerks, and then rolling off the back of that or never doing anything again you know and just living off the royalties you make from selling clerks DVDs that's something like I fight with every time I make something it's, it's something which I've got now like I, I look for occasionally look at job adverts and see stuff for like Lab Bible yeah like they're looking for editors yeah and there's like something else which is very Lab Bible-esque and they're looking for writers and I'm like I could do that and then I automatically regret thinking that I could do that because I'm like you're selling out and I'm like, wait, I want to get paid to do this, but I class getting paid to do it as selling out. Uh, yeah, it's like, weird, isn't like it? T-shirts and stuff. Like I did the design of Red Wars, like pop culture based, but there's no artistic value to it. Yeah, like, in my head, so yeah. I instantly instantly dismiss it as like a, an idea to actually run with. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's got to have artistic value, and then if it makes money, fuck it. Let, let, yeah, but... it yeah, it's really <laughs> strange how um, how we approach the idea of selling out. I guess because I mean. Talking to George a lot recently, he, he will, I'm still doing a podcast with you at some point. Um, he does loads of jobs for Lab Bible, mm. you know, uh, as a freelance audio uh, technician. And I don't know, I, I never even considered the idea of him being a sellout because yeah. that's like, that's his goal is to do that thing. Um, but I suppose as soon as, yeah, as soon as you do start associating, uh, artistic value to whatever you're doing yeah. then you have the possibility of selling it out um, I think that's my problem I think I start with artistic value and that's why I've well you have to start with art- yeah. artistic value don't you I guess um, but it, I suppose it's it's it's, it's, a, it's all about maintaining that integrity isn't it you know maintaining mm. the artistic integrity of whatever you're working on um, it's just a bit self defeating <laughs> yeah, because as soon as you start making money off it, you, know, you just think, oh well, am I doing the right thing? You yeah, know, is it is this? 
you know, should I should I be making people to pay to see yeah. my work kind of thing, or is, is my work valu- yeah. valuable enough? You like, know, is there value? Even if you like, I made, let's say, I made a sculpture, and that sculpture made it big, and I sold that sculpture. Mm. It's like cool. That's dealt with, and then obviously when you go to like a museum. There's always postcards and there's bits and bobs like that. I'd be like, is that selling out? Because like essentially that's not the artwork. That's it's mm. like a product made of the artwork in order to make cash. Yeah. So it's essentially like you have your artwork and then you have merch yeah. of the artwork. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's there, there's definitely an argument to say that merch is selling out, isn't there? Because it's you know it, it's the it's the purest way of making yeah. profit of uh of um well, it's you, not the purest way but you it's, could always argue with background i guess to say like you're selling merch to make money so you can make more artwork yeah but yeah. then i guess my argument would be that technically artwork shouldn't need to be funded in order for it to be artwork but then i know for a fact from filmmaking that it does need to be funded yeah so yeah um, i'm a car it's it's <laughs> Yeah, I suppose you need to like. I suppose you need to come to, um, uh, I don't know, come to the come, come to the idea that you need to do things that will sell out yeah. um, to produce the things that you really want to produce. You know, look at. Um, I, I suppose the idea that's jumped directly to my head is uh, Ron Howard's. Um, movies of the Da Vinci Code mm. um, obviously the latest one which was Inferno I think was supposedly I haven't seen it um, but it was supposedly a heaping pile of shit um, it was diabolical and but then you know Ron Howard has done some really great stuff in the past he was doing the Han Solo film uh, he is yeah he is yeah. yeah and of course he did uh, Arrested Development as yeah. well yeah. and um and it just it, and and it's just one of those situations where it's like, well, people know he's a good director, yeah. and he, and that he knows what he's doing, um, and I'm sure he's probably happy to do this, make the make the make the bucks necessary to go on and do the other things that he wants to do, you know, the stuff that he's actually passionate about. I think it's, it's interesting. I think there's two examples in my head where I'm like, the way the way I kind of view it, if we take it like to that, is that. It's how you want to make your introduction to the industry, in a way. Yeah. Like recently, I applied to go on a TV show. Right. A reality show. Well, Not like, like Big Brother, but like the big painting Like film. Bear Grylls the Island. All <laughs> oh, right. I could do that. <laughs> you can totally get away with that, man. Yeah. But like, like, it's like instantly I applied, and I was like, okay, so it's like Big Painting Challenge, which is essentially just like the art version of Bake Off. All right. And I was like, this feels like selling out. But at the same time, like, but it would get my face out there, which would yeah. give me opportunities to and then not sell out. But then I got thinking about, I got thinking about Willow Smith, because I've been listening to her music. Okay. Which is a weird segment. Surprisingly good? Or Surprisingly a... amazing, because she's completely abandoned the pop industry. Oh. She's like making, it reminds me of like... Uh, like Wait, did, did Willow Smith do, uh, I wear my hair, hair yeah, back yeah, and forth? Yeah. She did that one, she was like... Great, great little ditty, that yeah. one, yeah. And now she's like 16 or 17 or something. I don't know, it was like years ago. She might be 20 for all I know. And she's doing like new metal. But she's doing like, you know, like Alanis Morissette stuff. Oh, cool. Like when, okay. Back when it was like indie, just like personalized. Yeah, she yeah. She does a lot of stuff which is based around like African culture and, and feminist issues. And it's all really stripped back. Just her and like a drum machine at times. 
And it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, it's crazy good. Is this like something I should be adding to my Spotify? You should be adding this to your Spotify. Right now. Like, Willow Smith Frequencies. is like, cause I don't even think it's on Spotify. It might be on Spotify. I've been listening to it on YouTube, which is like an unsupported channel, which she set up, which isn't connected to a record, record deal or anything. And the videos only get like 500 hits. And we're like, this is the girl who made Hair Back and Forth. Which is like a cultural phenomenon. At the yeah, time. yeah. It's like, so it's like that person who's taken it from completely sold out but to didn't have a choice to, in it, uh, to bring to it back, just yeah. pure artistic value. Yeah. Whereas like her brother tried to do pure artistic value, and then had to sell out a bit, and then just went look great. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Um, uh, have you seen the Batman song? No. I, I was just thinking of his beautiful quote about. Um, uh, I can't remember exactly what it is. Mirrors and eyes. Yeah, yeah. People, you, you yeah. know it if you know. If, if you don't know it for anyone listening, Google Jaden Smith, mirrors and eyes. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's really cool because that's yeah. like, because um, that is, I mean, I mean, naturally when she was younger, she would obviously have far less control. Yeah. I mean, it's arguable that she has far less control now, but it's clear that what she's doing is going her own way and yeah. staying away from anyone who has any um, leverage over her, or any you know any anyone who wants to control the creative process. It's kind of like Sheila Buff. Yeah. Oh God, I fucking love Sheila Buff. Who, again, was someone who made a huge child star and then really tried to disconnect himself. He did it in such a public way, where I think she's done it more of like a, a casual. I'm just going to go do this. Yeah. Whereas he obviously went and took on the I'm not famous aspect. Yeah. Um, and 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 um, all that stuff with Trump uh, when he became president and he was doing that. Uh, I think it was, I think it was regarding to Trump when he was um, when he was doing that basically that vigil type thing where he would just um, stand in front of a camera for however long and people would come and stand around him and stuff. And, um, I think that was right to Trump, but yeah, he just did that. And then I remember reading a four chan post about it where they kept like uh, getting. Um, moved or whatever I don't yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway yeah like like uh, I kind of I kind of like that you know he, he's he's gone from being this ultra famous guy but then I suppose you have to after Indiana Jones 4 don't you like yeah you know I would I would happily throw myself down and sacrifice myself to the to the people for making that monstrosity of I do think the best thing Sherbus done since then was that one where he watched all of his films <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's amazing. Like, people, I, I can completely understand how people didn't get it. Mm. Um, and all the bit where I obviously become like a massive meme was the him stood in front of a green screen, which was made for like an art. Oh, which was beautiful. Yeah. And it's just like, but like that, so so pure about him sitting and watching everything he's ever done. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, is that that is not an easy thing no. to do either. That's a, that's, a, that's a psychological and physical endurance. Yeah. And you're watching everything you've ever made critically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. I, I, I barely stand to go back and look at stuff that I've edited or been yeah. in or anything like that. Um, I came across some uni work the other day. It was not pleasant. Really? Yeah. Um, I did... I thought I was angsty now. Like... I can't... I think I need to see that. No. Um... Just see. put it on a screen. Like my, my old DeviantArt still exists oh. from when I was like 13, 14. Yeah, but I bet that's sweet though. It's just a graveyard of teenage angst. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, oh, it's, 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 it's so weird how like uh, how you go from when you're that age 
you go from kind of being a really angsty kind of teen because I know I know I certainly was at the time you know like the long hair and whatever else to just being like essentially how we are now which is just horrendously like chipper um like that's 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 generally call me horrendously chipper. Well, okay. Well, I would certainly call myself horrendously you're, you're chipper. Um, but that's what I enjoy about you. <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, but like you know, I, I class you as quite a chipper person as well because you're happy to make conversation and you're and you're you know easy to laugh and whatever else. And I you know, and as far as I'm concerned, that's a very valuable thing to have. You know, in a, as a human being. You know? um, but yeah. Back in the day, you you know, you kind of, I guess it, I guess it's your like discovery, you know, and it's like mm. I want to be serious. I want people to take me seriously, and that's like, it's amazing. It's amazing how you get older yeah. and and you just decide that yeah okay you know I want people to take me seriously to a degree, but now uh, I also just want to you know, kind of take the piss out of myself a bit. Like, like I say stupid shit every single day for the sake of it just being stupid. Oh. Like, I know it makes no sense yeah. and is, you know, I do it purely for a laugh and if it gets no laughs, then yeah. all right. But I'd hope that people would understand that I say stupid stuff because I'm trying to be a bit self-deprecating and, you know, and, and you yeah. know, just saying it because I can, you know, because it's slightly funny to me. That people can be stupid and say I, stupid things. I, I can appreciate that. So I, I know when, because I, I was back when I was like sixteen, I was full on, full goth. So, long black coats, you know, reading Satanic Bible for the sake of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've still got both those copies. Um, and then I think, in a way, going through uni and coming out of uni, I had to convince myself that the more light sides of my personality, which I don't really ever kind of use in my private life. Mm. So like stuff where like stuff like where you've got like a soft toy and you make it talk. Yeah. Like I'd completely cut that out. My, even though it was there, I'd cut that out about like any public view. Yeah. But like yeah, I'd completely cut that out of any public view. Because I was like, that's not me. That shouldn't be me. Even though it's a huge part of Yeah, you don't want people to... And then gradually over time, I've had to drag that back out to be something which I could do just like every day. So it's, it's that whole, in a way, it's a mentality that you've got to kind of be comfortable with all sides of yourself. And I think when you're a teenager, you're never comfortable with <laughs> Yeah. You don't want to accept sides of yourself. It's, it's because, when, it's because when, when you're a teenager, everyone else is also a teenager. Oh, yeah. And they are... A hell of a lot more fickle than they are when you're older. Like, you know, they will happily throw you under the bus for for anything. You know, if you, you know, if if they came round and they they see you've got a cuddly toy set out, then they'll be like, ah, you know, fucking, yeah, yeah. fucking nerd uh, with your cuddly toys. Uh, when do you go cry to your mama? And it's like, well, it's just a cuddly toy, man. Like now, I'll happily display my cuddly oh. toys because they are, frankly, fucking awesome. You know, got little, got little. Got little Sam the dog, and uh, and others and friends. Sam and friends. My desk has a small bear called Tim. Tim is a great name Who for a cuddly toy. I've had since I was very very young, and he just sits on my desk and watches me. Yeah. But the great thing about him is because his face, his mouth is kind of down, 
It's like that. So he just looked pissed off all the time. <laughs> yeah. Which so makes him more endearing, years, yeah. But he's never smiled. <laughs> <laughs> and he never he will. Never will. <laughs> Not in my lifetime. But, like, uh, you know, you. I, I think you just kind of. You, you do just reach a point where you're like, I don't care if people see that I have a cuddly toy. Or even it even gets to a point where people find it more endearing that you do have a cuddly toy than if you didn't. You know, for instance, if you're, you know, if, if, if you were a single man, like I was for a long time after university, you know, and you had like a cuddly toy sat on it, you know, you, you, you know, if you invited a girl around, then she would, you know, she'd be like, oh, who's this guy? You know, and it's like, I, I, I don't think I, I ever met anyone after or during or after university who was kind of like, why have you got a cuddly toy there? You, you yeah. dipshit. You know, um, why don't you go cry to your mama? <laughs> uh, that's so, a terrible day. <laughs> yeah, um, but like, but yeah, that's it. You know, people just become more accepting as they yeah. get older, don't they? You know, they just they they, they just they just kind of happy with whoever you are and whatever you do. And I, I think, think that's the way to go, isn't it? Like, I, I, I yeah. I, I mean, the reason I kind of like brought it up was to get back to your original point of your idea that you want to do more creative stuff. Yes. And the fact that, in a way, like, it's something I've saying, like, I, I'm trying to find a comfort level between selling out and artistic value. Yeah. And trying to find that level between work and work and creative. So over time, you kind of, like, as a teenager, we now we look back and we go, yeah, we need to accept that. Mm. We need to accept that there is a balance and you, you will accept that in the same way that I need to accept that there is a balance between selling out and doing art. Yeah. So in a way, maybe that's that's kind of what you're searching for. I think, I think you're right. I, I, I and I think that one of my issues is that um, I I suffer really badly from uh, a kind of immediate gratification right. uh, for anything I do. So if I start writing, uh, for instance. Um, Years back, before I moved to Lincoln, I started writing a script for a TV show. Um, I'd been watching a lot of Community at the time, and and I was like, "This is inspiring." I'd been listening to a lot of Dan Harmon at the time, and you know, and you know, I was I was feeling inspired, and I and also I was trapped at my mum's house at the time, and I was also feeling like I need to do something because I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, and uh, and I remember writing the kind of the first few pages of it. And, and I sent it off to Jack, and I was like, hey, Jack, what do you think of this? And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, it's really funny, you know, like, you know, it's quite entertaining. And I was like, great. Never picked it up again. Like, never even touched it, you know, didn't didn't think anything more of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think that is an issue, not only with me, but with anyone, really, yeah. you know, it's, it's immediate gratification, you know, you, you get praise for something, and you're happy with that, and then... You know, you can just move on. You can just move on and forget all about it. And I did for many years, and then I was kind of like, "Oh wait, why didn't I continue that?" Because that was actually good. See, I'm whilst I can, I can kind of understand that. I'm very much where my patience is destructive to me. Right. In the sense that I can start a project, and I will continue the project for years mm. with zero gratification from it. And all I do throughout that entire project is tell myself that what I'm making is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'll write a script, I'll come up with an idea, and I'll get 
enthusiastic about the idea. I think, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, start yeah. doing it, and then I'll just gradually work on it for time over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the comic, like the comic. I wrote that two years ago. Yeah. Since then, I've done sketches. I've done like concept art and stuff like that. Never shown anyone really. It's just kind of stayed there, and it's because it kind of stays locked in that little cage. Is that a fear of showing people? I don't know, because I mean, in the same sense, with my art stuff, I have a very, I don't give a fuck idea. Yeah. That if I'm going to release something, it's what I've released, because I appreciate it from like a cathartic point of view. But I think it's, it's maybe that I'll always release stuff which is never finished. I'll show, I'll show anyone sketches. Mm. I'll show anyone the working process. But showing them a finished product is a completely different. It's a complete mind block. I, I I don't want things to be a finished thing. Yeah. Because if but it fails, then then so there is that. Fear, yeah, yeah. Then obviously you you've spent how long you spent doing it. Yeah. So I have a patient method, which is like, yeah, I'll, I'll just work on it forever. I'll, just keep, I'll, just I'll keep never going. release it. But I'll work <laughs> on it forever. Yeah. I think. Um, I think another uh, kind of aspect to that as well, certainly for me, hmm. is that. Uh, I really dislike um, I, I really I you know one of the issues of this kind of generation is that we are now kind of addicted to social media and you know when you get a lot of people posting on Facebook ah oh, um, whatever's happened tonight isn't good mm-hmm. and then you get people commenting what's up babe yeah you know what's going down, and you never get an answer. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no ending to that tale. Yeah. Um, which, firstly, I hate because it's like, come on, I, I want to know what's <laughs> happened at the very least. But also, like, you know, it's, it's attention, isn't it? You yeah. Know, it's, 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 it's almost purely an attention grabbing thing. Yeah. And, and I, and I really dislike it. There's something about needing attention that really just kind of bugs me. Yeah. Um. And I think that, uh, that 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 is also an issue with creativity is that when you start releasing things for people to look at, yeah. are you doing it for attention or are you doing it? And I mean, obviously, attention is important because yeah. then you can start promoting it yeah. and you know yeah. you make money off it eventually and then sell out. Um, but like, which is a little challenge. But yeah, you know, it's 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 like this idea of garnering attention for something yeah um you know but then i suppose it's all about the wording isn't it you know it's all about say if you post something to facebook and you say uh this is something that i've been working on now let me know what you think then that's kind of all right Mm -hmm. but then as soon as you start coming up and, and you know you start saying like oh yeah do you think it's good you know um you know please like and share this and whatever else and as important as liking and sharing things is in this day and age of uh, promoting things via social media, uh, there's also an element of it which I really hate yeah. because it's like I don't want to ask people to do these things. I want them to do it of their own accord. You know, I feel a certain shame in asking people yeah. to like and share something. Oh, I'm terrible at advertising. Um, I, was, I was having this discussion with my brother the other day because we started us doing podcasts. Mm. And my brother's he's good at marketing. He does it for a living. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> hit me up, and it was, he does it every time I release it. He's, he's my biggest critic, and I hate him for it, but love him for it. But it's time. also yeah, you know, yeah, mine. If you listen, <laughs> <laughs> but he just sent me a screenshot, and it was like your titles aren't consistent. 
you know, you, you named your things are all named the same, but you they go in different orders. Like you put the, the episode number and then the title. And the <laughs> and other ones is like you need them all to be the same, so they get caught by SEO, uh, search engine stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. That, that helps you advertise. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I took it offensively at first because Naturally. I always do, and then I edited it because I know he's right. Yeah, and that I think that's the same with everything. Like I hate advertising. I, I hate yeah going. Oh yeah, I like this. Yeah, share this. It's like I'll share it. Yeah, and if someone does share it, great. That that feels amazing when someone does. But if I'd asked but, for it, I'd feel so dirty. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And 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 I think it certainly for me anyway is to do with the fact that people ask to be liked and shared for something that has no value to a lot of people. You know, the idea that um, you know you get kind of models of Instagram kind of thing where they'll, they'll take a very well sculpted photo of themselves and and. You know, and and you know, rightly they should feel proud of themselves. You know, because they've done. You know, they've clearly looked after themselves and looked after their body, and they can be inspirational to people, which is mm-hmm. great. But also, there's that slight element of it where it's like these people just want to be famous. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want that that element of the whole thing, and uh, it's 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 real difficult to get behind the idea of asking people to like and share something when you're competing with people who do it f- for things that, as far as you can see, have very little artistic value, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and a kind of value in general sometimes, you know, you especially with things like modelling, because you kind of think, like, you know, yeah, you're inspiring people to kind of get fitter and stuff like that, but also are you inspiring people to be happy with their own body image mm, yeah. or whatever else? You know, it's it's a real kind of... It's a fine line to walk. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I find it interesting because obviously we're saying that we were kind of like needing something creative to do, needing that outlet. Obviously, I find it very easy to find outlets. Mm. Let's say I've got like 50 billion projects in the process at the moment. And with you wanting that outlet, but then you know once you start, you'll have a moment where you'll just drop it. Yeah. But like for the likes of them, I find it's like as much as I dislike them, they're so interesting. Because there's a, a real personality kind of breakdown. Like, you think, like, on a day where, like, we wake up and we feel crappy. Mm-hmm. But we know we have to take a photograph of ourselves. You've got to make it look good. And you've got to post it for the entire world to see. And they're capable of doing that. Yeah. And like, that's... It's dedication. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's an amazing amount of dedication to what they're doing. Like, whilst I don't agree with what they're doing. Yeah. You know there's a day where one of those is going to be, like... Yeah, I'm, I'm completely ill. But if I do not post with this product in this photograph, I don't get paid. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean that that in itself is is admirable, isn't it? You know, but I suppose it's kind of subtext, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's 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 something that 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 we would see, but you know, a lot of the time, especially with stuff like Instagram, it's it's because because of the, the way it's laid out, it's kind of a shallow format, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's like you see it, but it doesn't urge you to look between the lines of how the photograph was made. Yeah. You know, so unless you're following like National Geographic or something, which yeah, yeah. which is great, highly recommend following National <laughs> Geographic Instagram. National Geographic, if you'd like to pay us for this podcast, please contact. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it, it it doesn't ask you to read between the lines. It doesn't yeah. ask you to say think about what this person's done to reach this point. You know, 
if if it did say, you know, okay, here's this here's this photograph of this uh, this uh, beautiful model, um, you know, she does amazing things for charity or whatever. Um, but also to take these photographs, she had to get up at the crack of dawn yeah. um, to pretend to do yoga, uh, and you know, eat nothing but celery sticks all day to get to this position. And it's like, and actually, you know, not, not all um, models will need to do that or whatever. But that's the kind of thing. Like, it's, it needs to explain what the kind of what needs to go into it to produce this, you know, consistent, uh, you know, and kind of fan loving uh, kind of thing. I'd say, I mean, to me, from that aspect, I think Instagram's more television than any other platform at the moment. Because there was that whole idea of, like, when we were younger, we we idolised what we saw on TV. Mm. So we saw rock bands, and we saw movies, and you'd be like, yes, that's great. Like, you know, look at that guy. He's hench as hell. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. Her, she's beautiful. And you, you that was your, your platform. Mm. So you had TV, and it was presenting to you. Like, you didn't think about what went into making any of that. Like, you, no. you watch, you watch like, an Arnie film. And you're like, cool, so there's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's in this. He's doing crazy shit. They're in a forest. It's all amazing. And then yeah, you're like, yeah. yeah, that's great. I can write a film. And I'll go off and do that. <laughs> and you don't think of that subtext as like, all right, so there was a writer who probably sat for three years hating what he made. Yeah. And there's Arnie who has to work out every day to maintain that body. Yeah. And he's been through so much to kind of get to that point. And now Instagram is that. Instagram is, is kids turn it on and they go... Look at that! That's amazing. I can yeah. do that. That's a really good point, actually. So I never considered no it like that. background for subtext, whereas in yeah. like you know five years' time from now, where Instagram's kind of just like an everyday thing, and I mean it's an everyday thing now, but it's still pretty hyped. Yeah, yeah. Um, where you'll get kids who are growing up who have realised that they can't be Instagram models because it does take that commitment, mm. that's kind of the personality to actually get to that point. Who are sat kind of deconstructing it mm. and being like, "Oh shit!" Now there's you know. Flapjack or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> flapjack, <laughs> you know. So you, you make flapjacks while you uh... getting on flapjacks, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, you know, there's people like, oh man, there's great flapjacks out there. Maybe I, I could be a flapjack maker. You know? <laughs> but no one realizes that you got to learn how to make flapjack, grow your own oats, and get to that point. That is the world that I aim for. You know, that I, that I greatly, greatly want. If, if 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 flapjack making is the pinnacle of humanity, then yeah. I want to be, I want to live in that universe. I mean, five years from now, if there is a flapjack industry which is booming. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not part of that. I'm all I'm in. I'm going to be pissed. I'm all in. <laughs> Flapjacks of Instagram. Uh, I think it's, it's, as well, like, I saw that um, I saw the video of, uh, what's his name? Zuckerberg. Yeah. He did, like, a, I think it was a university speech or something. Or he might have speaking at Congress. I don't know. I, I didn't see the context. Well, one of those things. I wasn't yeah. interested. I just watched the uh, the subtitles on Facebook. Because, you know. Because that's what we do now. That's what we do. Um, read the headlines and uh, move on. And he was talking about, like, how obviously everyone in their 20s is having a, an emotional and psychological crisis at the minute mm. because we're one of the first generations to have this midlife crisis at 20 because up to, up to this point I mean he didn't say this in the thing but my view is that up to this point everyone before was when they were 20 like not apart from the millennial generation mm. had a child by now yeah so they were occupied yeah so you didn't have time to sit back deconstruct Facebook because you had a child you would look after your child that would occupy your time you've got no space and he was saying it's interesting when people look at success stories and then they forget that like at 20 something J.K. Rowling was a failed author mm. 
she was, yeah. she was like unemployed she had a kid or like completely not getting accepted anywhere Oprah at 20 got fired you know it's kind of one of those things of like yeah it's, it's that subtext mm. which you never see it you never yeah. see it yeah, I mean even it's the same with like artists and stuff I mean most I got talking uh, with Janine about this uh, the idea behind artists is you see these artists and whilst some of them like the likes of Banksy Damon Hirst made it big young your true like your, your older artists your really big big ones didn't make it till they were like 40 yeah most of them never made money excessively until they got one big break when they were like in their 30s to 40s because they spent 10 years from their 20s doing what we're doing <laughs> struggling to questioning yeah. everything and yeah. it's the same with like films like a lot of people don't get scripts picked up yeah, until they're like yeah. thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are like, oh shit, well, what did they do before? And it's like, oh, mm. and they made adverts, they made a meet, and then they wrote a script, and it finally got picked up. Mm. I think that's a uh, just to digress slightly. I think that's uh, an interesting aspect of kind of being in the industries is the idea that um, you know if you want, say, like a pilot produced, you usually need to write like a bunch of pilots before you ever get one produced. But the thing is, those bunch of pilots take years to produce. So you then, you know, you reach, you reach the, the age where we're at, where you haven't put forward the idea for a single pilot. And then you just kind of think, well, I've wasted the last five or six years because I haven't actually sent any pilots off to anyone for anything, which means that I now need to cover that ground again (laughs) <laughs> before I get any pilots made ever it, it's yeah I think it's, it's kind of sad it's, it's sad but at the same time I think it's the same story which is everyone's done it's, mm-hmm. it's that's you know everyone's gotten to that point yeah. it's, it's it's like uh, there's an interview with um, with Bo Burnham I can't remember what he's on a chat show of some sort yeah I like Bo Burnham and he's, cool. he's saying about how people shouldn't look at him as something to emulate because you've got all these people going out there and go, oh, follow your dreams, do what you want. You know, the the chances of that happening are so minute. Yeah. Of you making one thing, be like Justin Bieber, you make a video, put it on YouTube, and then you make it big. And that's what everyone's been sold. Yeah. Because that's that's a great positive story to put out there. That's that you can do such a thing and it'll have such a small like little yeah, thing just that it, one the ripple thing. effect yeah. and it'll go. So that's what everyone kind of wants to believe. And then he's and he's like him. He's like he's, he's in his twenties, early his twenties. Hugely successful comedian. He's like it's such a small chance. Mm. You can't look at you know the Beyonces and whoever's and be like, yeah, I'm going to do that in one weekend. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to write that hit song. My first draft of my script's going to go out, and yeah. people are going to love it. You kind of before you even start, you kind of got to deal with that reality that it's going to be like the fifteenth draft. Yeah. But it's difficult because most people don't even have that reality from yeah. the beginning. Um, I think maybe that's that's the message which needs kicking. Yeah, is it needs kicking out? Is that before you even start, whilst you're thinking this is going to be tough because I'm going to have to try and get my script to people, I'm going to do that. Is that you've got to convince yourself that you will trash your first script? Yeah, that you will throw away all your photographs yeah. and destroy your paintings. <laughs> yeah, you need that. You need that kind of sweet spot of like of understanding that. It's not going to happen the first time you write something, but also that you need to put in the hard work and not just think, oh, well, it's seemingly impossible. I'm going to give up. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, um, 
I think that there's a, a kind of well, I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's an issue of hard work necessarily, but I think that people need to be made aware of how much hard work there is behind yeah. uh, an artistic pursuit. Because they're never straight, you know, you always just, you know, it's easy to sit there and think, oh yeah, I've got these great ideas, you know, I've got this. But actually putting them to paper, getting that then accepted, you know, getting people to like what you've created or be interested in, you know, be interested in it or think that it can make any kind of money or whatever, you know, which is then another topic. Um You know, it's, it's difficult. You just, you, you need to find that that sweet spot like I say where people understand that it's both hard work and possible but you need to be be capable of putting in the effort for it which is uh, something that I guess kind of terrifies everyone who wants to follow an artistic pursuit because you just kind of think am I capable of it yeah you know like yeah as, as, a, as a human being can I wake up today and spend at least an hour mm-hmm. trying to come up with something creative or whatever. And I tell you what, it's fucking hard. Mm. It's really difficult. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, it's, it's, in a way, I'm, I'm going to dissect you a little bit. I find it interesting that you're saying this. Knowing that? that you know personally that you will drop a project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because essentially you're telling yourself what you need to hear. Mm. But that's the thing. It's easy. It's it's easier when you have like a soundboard because because yeah. you, you can you can kind of verbalize yeah. uh, what you know that you need to hear, but have someone who understands what you're saying as well. And it's also happening just to let you say it. Well, yeah, I think I from, from that aspect as well, though, because it's it's like yeah, that's, that's it's a very easy thing to say, and I think a lot of people what they struggle with is the idea that once that's said, mm. once that's out there, that it's you know it's going to be hard you can tell people it's going to be hard, that if you decide not to do it, that that's okay. Yeah. Because a lot of people have that, that huge fear of, I'm going to put all my time into something. I'm going to really push. And then if I fail, then I'm a failure. And it's like, well, no, if you get to a point and you can't do it anymore, then you're just not going to go do that. Yeah. Go find something else you want to do. Yeah, you, you, you've sunk your time and your energy into one aspect for a period of time. Mm. But if you're not enjoying it and you don't have that, that passion, that drive to keep doing it, then it's okay to reconsider. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you spend all of your time working on a car and then halfway through that car, you decided you didn't like that car and you wanted a completely different one, it's completely okay to switch car. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's a lot of what a lot of people, they get, they get that first statement and they go, cool, so that's that. But they need to accept that second statement as well. Mm. That it, you know, you can adjust. You yeah. can. It, I'm not saying like every time you start and then you struggle that you should give up and change because that's that's where you'll never get anywhere. You just start everything and do nothing. But you need to accept that. Well, if if you don't want to do it in the end, that's all then right. you, then yeah. it's okay to just it's okay stop to doing just it. Stop. Yeah, you will find something else. Yeah, you know, the world is a an abundant place of opportunity and subject. Yeah. You know, and I, th- yeah, I think that I, an issue that I tend to have as well is that, um, as as I'm sure that a lot of people do who want to pursue something a bit more creative, is the idea that should you do it? I like like 
it's I suppose it's kind of an insecurity kind of thing, you know. Um, you know, is I, I, is is the kind of am I good enough to do this scenario? Should I just go off and do something else? Like, like for me, you know, I, I like like I, you know, I tend to always have that dream of like loving to, uh, you know, loving to live on a beach in uh, Australia and. Yeah. And teach people to surf every day, and that's how I make my living. And then I go to the bar in the evening and just sit and drink Fosters or whatever they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm. <laughs> Sorry, all Australians. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, like you know, there's 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 a part of me that still really likes the idea of that yeah. life, and 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 it's kind of, but it, it's because it's easy. Yeah. You know, it's it's it's. Well, I say that I've never surfed in my life. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know how to surf. I wouldn't know how to teach people how to surf, but I certainly have to drink. Um, but uh, you know, and it's and it's kind of finding a way to balance, you know, and be like, okay, well, I can still retire to a beach at some point if I want to and live in a shack like that dude from uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Paul Rudd's character. Um, he had such a great life. Uh, Paul Rudd, so he's not, he's not uh, yeah, he always has a great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Paul Rudd, what babe? But yeah, you know, it's finding the sweet middle ground between um, uh, wanting to, and I, I guess having the confidence to know that if you're creative and you try hard, then you can produce something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, but also uh, understanding that it's okay to and you can still eventually do it and that is to drop the creative pursuit and to go and do something else as well because yeah. there's, there's a part of me naturally having done a media degree that wants to be creative mm-hmm. but there's also that part that's just kind of like you know what it's kind of hard work uh, there's a lot of thought behind it mm-hmm. I'm not much of a thinker like I'll, I'll happily sit down and have conversations with people and uh, you know appear to be thinking but in reality I'm just talking um but yeah, you just kind of have to find that point where you know you're just you're you're happy to accept it, and I haven't reached that point yet where I'm happy to accept that uh, you know I could just drop all creative pursuit if I wanted to and go mm-hmm. live on a beach somewhere. But there's just that small kind of bit clinging on that's like I've got to do something worthwhile. Yeah, you know. I mean, I, I, I did that a couple of years back. In a way, I dropped film. Yeah, as I, yeah. I made a conscious decision mm. to. Because I was trying to be a filmmaker, I wanted to be a director of some capacity, and I got to a point where I was just like, I don't think it's worth it for me to continue trying to do that. Yeah. It's like I think if I end up doing it one day, do you see the opportunities which other things lead me to? That'd be great. But I was kind of sat there thinking, you know what? It'd be better if I was a writer. But what was the reasoning behind that, though? It was, it was, I mean, it was just—it was purely from the aspect of I'm in the wrong area of the country right. to have that opportunity. Right. I have no intention of moving to London off the cuff, mm. and that is the easiest way mm. to get into the film industry. And I kind of looked at it from the aspect, and I was like, looking at my film work, I don't have enough technical interest to make something stunning. Mm. I make things I want to make, and yeah. I can make it look how I want to how I want to make it look. But I couldn't produce like a Hollywood film no. because I'd be sort of thinking, I don't care about cameras. Yeah. I don't care about any of that. Mm. I literally just care about the idea. Mm. And so I decided, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just drop that. 
Yeah. I'll just drop capturing film as, as part of my thing. I can still do it. I'm still capable of it. And if someone asked me to make a music video, I'd likely do it. Yeah. But it, from like a, a professional career point of view, I was like, I'm okay with letting that go. Yeah. Because you, you can't you can't do everything at the same time. Yeah. Even though I still try to. Like I do illustration and writing and all this kind of stuff. It was just one thing where I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not sad about letting that go. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's fascinating. I think that's fascinating. Um, p- purely because I've been thinking very similar lines mm. um, the past kind of few months, I think. Like, you know, I've been talking to uh, Kelly, you know, if, if I happen to uh, change jobs or whatever else. I mean, I've been at the same job doing video editing for the past six or so years, you know. And, yeah, you know, it's good, but also there are times where I'm like, mm. shit, this is a lot. And, uh, no, it's, it's cool. <laughs> How long have we not been recording? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll just, we'll just put like, yeah, we'll just put loads of still images, like slowly sliding across. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, you know, on, on the off chance that, um, you know, I ended up getting another job or the company goes bust or whatever, you know, crazy shit goes down. Um, you know, Kelly was saying, what would you want to do? You know, would you go on? I'm sure you could go on and be a freelance editor or whatever if you wanted to. And, you know, I just told her, I was like, I'm not sure that I'm that interested in doing editing anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I, I very rarely go out of my way to kind of technically increase my skill at editing. You know, I don't, I don't kind of spend, spend my spare hours watching tutorials or anything. Yeah. I just happen to know how to cut a good piece together you know like it's i guess you could almost describe it as more of an instinctual thing you know like you know what looks good but i haven't spent hours like studying theory or anything um or or kind of figuring out how to improve my you know skill base in premiere pro or after effects or avid or you know and yeah, I, I suppose it's just fascinating hearing about that because it's, I guess, to me, it kind of makes you think like, well, you know what, maybe if I do change jobs, then I can just be happy giving up mm. giving up editing, you know, just being like, now nah, I'm done with that now. I think, I, I mean, going back to what like, I was saying earlier, like, where I don't apply for jobs because it's selling out, I think some aspect of that as well is, I think if, if you started a job and you were doing it like you are every day, yeah, I think some of that it grinds away your passion for that subject yeah especially if you don't progress with it like let's say you're doing that and then suddenly you're doing it for a bigger company and suddenly there's all new equipment being thrown at you and you're like yeah you know this is interesting this is this building Mm. so when you're doing it as like an everyday thing some part of it some people can do it some people will carry on doing it and be happy to do it but i think if you've got that itch you're always going to have that little tick of going well maybe maybe I don't want to do that anymore mm. because it's not interesting. Mm. But you could still do it if you wanted to, if you found a passion project to do it. Yeah. I mean, like saying, like if someone came and asked me to make a film, I'd be like, yeah, we're going to make a film. Because it's new and interesting. Because it's new, it's there, it's something I know how to do, mm. it's something I'm, I'm skilled to do, some of my degrees in. So it's, it's not, I've not lost anything because I've always got it. It's just that that's not where I'm focusing my attention right now. Yeah. I, I think that that is. Uh... I think that's absolutely true. I think I think 
for me, I find that my editing work is very formulaic. You know, uh, you know, we'll go to a show, I'll make a DVD, and it's the same routine. You know, you cut, you cut the aircraft. You know, plunk it in a timeline, put transitions in, ship it off to customers, and um, there, there is. It's very formulaic. You know, like eventually a trained monkey can come along and do my job, yeah. and. I suppose the there is an element of creativity which you can add to it, but there's not so much that um, you feel like you're really kind of pushing the boundaries of anything, you know, because there's only a certain limit that people will accept, um, you know, and there's and and naturally having done it for this many years, uh, customers are used to seeing a certain thing, and if you throw something that drastic. Yeah. into the mix then you know will they be happy with it you know will they just accept it or will they just think nah fuck this you know I'll move on to the next person I think that's, that's I mean my cards fall my bad <laughs> so we'll still record but I think getting around to getting around to like the initial point I think that's why it's important to to explore other things mm. because I think you'd surprise yourself because you've yeah. been in this situation where you, you've had this this long period where you're doing the same thing and you've started to kind of lose interest in it you can still do it and you can still do it to a great level. Hmm. When you get to that point, you kind of got to get, just pick something else up hmm. because it, it triggers that, that little switch, like I said in another podcast, where you suddenly remember that you have a why, passion for something. Yeah, why you like, enjoyed it. It's like reminding yourself what you're actually capable of. Like like the other like you say, a, a monkey could do it. Hmm. But like you introduce someone who's never done it. And suddenly you realise, oh shit, I can do like 50 billion things at once. Yeah. I've been doing that every day. Yeah, and it all comes yeah. so naturally, yeah. So like doing something like like picking up and writing a script. Like, you know, coming mm. up with a premise for a treatment to just go, you know what, maybe I could make a series mm. with this idea. It's enough just to kind of widen your view. Yeah. So then sure. if you did decide to drop editing, you'd be like, well, it didn't make me feel like dude, that made me feel. Yeah. So maybe it's worth and yeah, yeah, it's true. It's 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 really weird. Like, um, for me, I'd love to go back and do um, the standard definition stuff that me and Jack and George used to do. Uh, that's uh, standard definition. Uh, you find it on YouTube. And yeah, you know, it's a bit outdated, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But like that, that was a that was that was interesting, you know. And and I think part of the appeal of that was that you were doing it with your friends, mm-hmm. and 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 you were, you know, and it built back up my interest in editing again because I knew that I'd have to produce some just fucking interesting cuts to make it entertaining, you know, and funny. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just I I I miss that. Jack and George come back to Lincoln so we can uh, produce that again is what I'd say there. but um, I don't think to, to work on new ideas I mean I think as long as you've got people working with you yeah because I mean not, every, not everyone is me where I can just sit in a room on my own for three years and do something mm. I think some people do need that, that that camaraderie to do something yeah so even if it was just like pitching a script mm to like me or Jack or yeah. George and you know and then you'd be like oh yeah, yeah. good idea and yeah. then I'd drop it <laughs> well then well, no, I, I, I think that's the case of like if you send me a script I'd ask where the rest of it is 
Yeah, I'll admit that was always something that I envied um, uh, about your kind of uh, lifestyle, I guess, is that whenever, because um, uh, obviously you and Jack worked together for a mm. while, whenever um, you know Jack had come back and I'd, you know, I'd hang out with him or whatever, I'd ask how you were getting on, and he'd tell me about some other completely <laughs> different project you were working on, and I'd ask him again, and it'd be some other component, you know, and it's like... This dude is genuinely the most uh, creative human being. Um, I don't finish it. <laughs> but like, but there's, uh, I guess I'm jealous because you start things. You know, I'm jealous because you make progress on things. Like, I, I think that it's a, a, a really good kind of, uh, kind of trait to have where you just kind of come up with something and then you think you know I'm actually going to make that mm. as opposed to coming up with something and then thinking like oh, I'll just sit down and play the PS4 for a few more hours instead um, you know I, I think that I don't know I guess I wish I had that you know I wish I had that uh, I mean it's one of these things that, like I find it very hard to comprehend people that don't have it <clears throat> as a thing Yeah. because for me it's, li- it's literally when it comes down to it uh, to to bring at least my final point of when it comes down to doing anything like that, when you you're in a situation where you have a want to do something, mm. so you've got a passion for something, and you've got a, a, a prediction of how that could go in your head, regardless of whether you've seen the mountain which is in front of you or not, it comes down to it in the end of if you get to the end of this month and you know you had the time to write a script, you'd feel worse than if you just wrote that script and it was crap. That's true. It's That's like true. I can pick up a sketchbook at any time with an idea in my head. I'll sketch that idea, even if that sketch is crap. I've done it. Yeah, and it's just about participation in it because then at least I've done it as like a point, and then I have from that point, I've got you know one percent of a hundred percent idea. I have initial sketch. Ah, you see now. So that, then you that turn that page over, yeah. and you've got that initial sketch, and you're like, "Cool." So when I come back to this idea, even if you come back in two years, yeah, you've still got that initial sketch, which is progress for you then to go. Well, I don't want to miss, make mistakes I made in this sketch. Yeah. So I'll do it with that. Oh, you see, that's so cool. I like that. That's a. I guess that's a really a, a neat a neat way to put it is mm. to participate in your own ideas. You, you know, know, allow yeah. them to allow them to come to life, even if it. You know, even if it takes an hour out of your way, you know, it's worth it because then you know that you've done something. If you're not willing to put the time into your own ideas and your own life, then no one else will. Mm. And that is a beautiful way to end this podcast, I think. <laughs> Thank you for coming, Rob. I'm hoping things are recorded. Uh, we've managed to fill a card. I mean, I, I mean, your recording light's still going here, well, so yeah. you're on... Yeah, we managed to fill a card, which we haven't done yet on the podcast. So that's. I, I take that as a as a as the highest of honors. I will happily have you back, um, and I will happily come back because I have so much more as well. That I want to plug a few more shows. <laughs> yeah, my, my we've thing. covered Jack Edwards, uh, National Geographic, and Standard Definition in this. And, uh, and George Precious as and well. George the, Precious, the one, because and the one who's hi, actually hi, doing things. Yeah, hi, <laughs> hire George Precious. Uh, he is he is an audio wizard, and uh, and also a witty motherfucker as well to to boot. Do that. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you later.